You want your business to succeed. Technology can get you there. Let's throw open the IT closet door and explore how technology is impacting your goals. Join us on Business Plus Tech Equals Success with your host, CEO of Sabino Comtech and industry unicorn, Nancy Sabino. Hello, hello there. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success podcast. I am so happy that you are here today because as always, I'm trying to bring you something that you can learn, um, something that will help you in your business and something that will hopefully make an impact when it comes to your technology. And right now, there is nothing hotter than talking about cyber threats. So what does that mean? Is it as scary as it sounds? What is your responsibility as a business owner? We're going to dive into all of this with my guest today, Brad Powell of Hook Security. Hey, Brad, how are you? Hey, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. I um, knew that I had to have you on for the podcast just because of everything that's happening. I know I'm hearing things like the increased level of threats because of COVID. Um, and just in general, small businesses are at a very high risk just because of the resources that they have or lack thereof. So tell us about what you do and um the role that you play with trying to help small businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for the opportunity to join your podcast. I'm excited to be here um, again. Yeah. My name is Brad Powell. I'm one of the co-founders and director of channel recruitment at hook security and hook security is a channel only psychological security awareness training company. So really, you know, we have two niches, Nancy, our first niche, is that we're channel only. So our business model is built to support our resale partners to resell our service uh, of psychological security. And then our second niche is psychological security. And, and literally our, our MO, our main objective is to pioneer psychological security into its own true market category, uh, where we distinctively look at the human, the person sitting behind the keyboard, the human brain distinctively different than InfoSec and physical security. And so that's, that is really what we're working on here at Hook uh, through our partner ecosystem. And they are reselling our psychological security phishing testing and our annual and monthly training uh, compliance modules. Okay, so I'm, there's a couple keywords that I wanna break down um, just because they're, they're known to us, but not necessarily to others. So the channel um, being the MSP managed service provider, uh, IT, IT industry type of channel. Uh, and so I wanted to clarify that just because uh, sometimes that, you know, what channel are you talking about? Are you talking about you know, the local channels or <laughs> TV <Exactly>. channels? <laughs> yeah. um, and then the um, other, aspects that you brought up with what you guys do is the psychological aspect. Um, that's something that I feel is, it's going to be a little bit different than what is out there, uh, considering InfoSec. So explain InfoSec to us. 
Yeah. So, I mean, kind of, if you kind of let me walk with me for a quick second here, you know, prior to helping start hook, I was in physical security, right? So guards, gates, and guns, right? Protecting people's buildings and assets. And then your question was, you know, InfoSec. So InfoSec, information security, you know, we're protecting people's information in their data, right? And primarily security awareness training has lived within that category, InfoSec, right? But we also know, Nancy, that InfoSec is computers and technology, not human brains and humans, right? Mm -hmm. People sit behind keyboards. Um, so that's one of the reasons that we are bringing SciSec to the world to distinctively identify the human different than you know, technology and computers and buildings and assets to where we literally train multiple parts of the brain to recognize when it's being manipulated by technology. And um, that's really one of our main objectives here. Um, you know, I always joke with our partners and say, you know, we're someone here that really takes the amygdala part of the brain seriously. I don't know how many people you work with today that care about the amygdala part of the brain, but that is truly where uh, we try to target our training, Nancy, because what we do is um, we're literally trying to infuse pattern recognition skills, right? And so uh, it's really key into our training um, and it, the psychological side of security um, is huge right now. It's huge. Yeah, and that's one thing that most people don't uh, recognize. You know, we're we've moved past the days of where viruses are the um, the main worry for businesses. Like, oh, a virus is going to take down my computer. Now we've moved on to something that is a little bit more sinister, if you will. Um, so, I want to take a couple steps back and um, talk about why has that changed. Um, you know, like, as far as you know, how and why has that transitioned to something that is a little bit more targeted to the human as opposed to the machine? Great, great question there, Nancy. And, I, you know, I would say that the attacks are, are like you said, are getting more sophisticated. You know, um, one of the things that we're seeing is that we're seeing extremely well executed phishing techniques today. Um, the landscape is truly evolving. And in some of those obvious techniques that you were even alluding to, like bad grammar, you know, misspellings, mm -hmm. uh, pay the prince to get your inheritance, right? Or kind of really, I, I would say, are getting more on the old school tactics. You know, we're seeing now the bad guys really engage in extensive research on individuals and businesses. I mean, with social media and all the things, all the information that's out there on Google, I mean, the bad guys literally have a lot of information at their disposal that they can begin to use to exploit what they want. Um, we're even seeing some of these bad guys just hanging out on networks, you know, looking to strike at the perfect moment, right? Um, oh, you so say I that. Um, and yeah. that's, so there's been a couple instances where we've been hired after something like that has happened. And it is literally kind of crazy for us to, to see how how sophisticated it has become, how they will, it's literally like they are lurking, waiting to see, okay, um, this, this client is sending invoices or interacting constantly. So how can we, um, essentially in, become an imposter of this client and, you know, ultimately speaking, fish some of those invoices so that they pay us instead of the client um, mm. or that vendor, however that may be. So th that's crazy. 
Right. I think uh, you're exactly right. And that was an excellent point. I also think, you know, there's different in values for these bad guys. And, and kind of what I mean by that is they're not just looking for money. Right. Um, that might be the end goal after that. But they're seeking data, information. I mean, credentials and worst. I mean, your customer's information and they're looking to exploit that. Um, so it's no longer just about being a big company that has all this stuff and money. It, it's companies of all sizes are now vulnerable and really don't have the luxury of just kind of blowing this this off, right? And so um, another thing that I want to say that kind of has changed over the past couple of years, Nancy, is in that we're seeing is just a lack of security experts, right? You know, we know that the security awareness industry, it does lack that talent and, and there's a lot of needs that need to be filled. Um, so I think, you know, in a lot of ways, um, some conversations that I've had with some partners and just, you know, friends is there's a lot of power in partnerships today um, to bring security to your business. And there's a lot of companies out there that you can bring to market right now that can help you on this path of, you know, cyber hygiene and making sure that your people are aware of what's going on. So a lot of things have changed over the years. Um, and I, I, the last thing that I would want to say on that is really a heightened of awareness um, as a society, right? Because in the news, uh, I know like you and I, we both follow the IT news. So we're always seeing the latest breaches that are coming out. Um, and so I think we as a society are becoming more and more aware of, hey, malware, ransomware, breaches. Um, and we're seeing that more and more um, in the news. So, yeah, you know, no, that's true. And, you know, to... I always see something where obviously I know it's preventable. So, or at least um, you can definitely put a lot of measures in place to try and prevent it as much as possible. Cause again, nothing is a hundred percent guaranteed, but it's one of those where you, you hear the lack of security and I almost want to just, Oh, you know, facepalm and, and be like, Oh my God, no. Yeah. Uh, it definitely hurts when, when that happens, because it's not only the fact that they were breached or something did happen, but now you're talking about that reputation because the, it is known you know, it is out there in the mainstream media. And so that's something that will affect how potential clients or clients see a business. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about as a um, fallout of something like this happening. Absolutely. So when it comes to the cybersecurity awareness why would you say training is something that is should be on the forefront of business owners' mind nowadays? Yeah, that's that's a, a awesome question, and one that we kind of always say here at Hook is, you know, uh, security awareness training is the tip of the iceberg. You know, when it comes to cybersecurity, um, because at the end of the day, you know, you could install the best firewall and have the best endpoint protection and all the best IT tools and security tools. But if an employee does not know not to click on that link or is, un, is not aware that the CEO would never ask to send a, a wire transfer to Spain, you know, literally all these tools have been circumvented because your employee was unaware of, of what to do or have the proper training to understand that, right? And so that's why cybersecurity training, and we call it uh, psychological security training here, is really equipping your employees with literally a solid understanding of phishing, scams, malware, social engineering. 
I mean, even down to physical security, incident response, working from home and giving them the ability really to recognize, and this is what we say, recognize and respond to when they're being manipulated by technology and the bad guys. And so, I mean, that really, at the end of the day, is super important. It's one of the easiest things uh, a business can do is implement uh, security awareness training for their employees. Um, one thing I do want to note, Nancy, is I think it's uber important for it to be ongoing training. Um, and you're combining annual training, monthly approaches, as well as continuous learning of best practices and good habits. Also, I think it needs to be designed for compliance, right? So I think you need to be aligning to the NIST frameworks, the maturation models of the CMMC that are that are coming out. And I think you got to you have to report on these things. Right. So at the end of the day, you can be sending out training, but you have to understand how are your people responding and how are they learning? Right. So uh, we, we also believe in monthly um, uh, reporting and actionable reporting that comes back uh, to the organization to understand, hey, we did this over the past three months. This is where you have some vulnerabilities, right? And this is where you're actually doing amazing and where I want to give you a nice pat on the back, let you know that, you know, your people have great cyber hygiene because they've been doing great on this training and these phishing tests, et cetera. So um, that's a great point because um, when it comes to the NIST and the CMMC that's coming out, um, that's one of the things that is required is the actual documentation of what you're doing or you know not doing essentially speaking so right. if you get an audit they want to be able to see what's been going on what do you have in place uh, how are you maintaining that security and so on and so forth so i think that that's the reporting aspect of it is something that is crucial crucial you're exactly right that's a very good point um, it is. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I, I encourage, you know, MSPs, MSSPs, everyone out there. Um, I'm sure most of them know about the CMMC, but there's just a lot of a lot of new things that are coming out there that, you know, you have to you have to be aware of. And um, you're right. The reporting is a big part of that, because if let's say there, God forbid, there's a breach, you know, for a company, but they show, hey, we do monthly phishing testing. We have our employees do annual training on the best practices of security and cybersecurity. And we keep them up to date monthly and reporting on this. I mean, it really shows good cyber hygiene and um, is going to benefit the business, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the risk alone that you have just lowers tremendously because of that. I, it's one thing that I tell um, our clients when when we first started to implement training, um, you know, it was like a, well, isn't this your job? Um, and I was, I was like, I mean, there's the technical, the technical aspect of this. Yes, that is my job, but I can lock all the doors and windows. And if one of your employees walks out the door and leaves it open, that's something that I can't help with because I'm not there to 24 <laughs> seven. So that that would equate to the training, you know, training people to lock the door behind them. Uh, if you open the window when you are at at the office or for whatever reason, if you have windows that can't open, um, close it when you're done, uh, you know, lock it. Those, those are things that um, the user awareness training is necessary for. So you keep saying psychology when it comes to the training and I am a psychology nerd <laughs> for those that don't know, but um, 
So what, how do you build this in to your training? Right. And so, you know, really what we're trying to do is when we talk about psychological security is literally um, pattern recognition skills and understanding when you're being manipulated by technology and the bad guys. Um, let's be honest. I mean, security awareness training is, is kind of been boring, right? You got cartoons, you got raccoons running around with masks on. Look, it's 2020. Um, part of what we do with our psychological security training is a humorous narrative um, because we want to disarm the end user. And look, at the end of the day, with psychological security, we're not trying to trick the end user, right? It, we, we take trick out of the out of our vocabulary here at Hook. We're trying to train. And so we do that by um, sending out fake phishing simulations, right? And we do that with a humorous narrative. And we understand, okay, when you're actually training the brain, you have to allow it to respond, have response capabilities and understand these threat recognition skills. And so literally our, all of our training is video. We use real actors. We take the uh, kind of the viral video and nature approach because we want the end user to come away with a laugh and some training. Um, and we call it edutainment. Walt Disney actually came up with that word, but we use it to explain what we're explaining um, with our psychological security. And it's really, um, involving the end user in that training but having memorable viral type videos that when they come away from it they re uh, relate that video to what they learned right and so it's literally pattern recognition over time um psychological security training is an ongoing thing right it's a forever training because the bad guys as we were talking about earlier nancy are always evolving and they're always training uh, changing up their tactics to get what they want. And so that's why psychological security is on the cutting edge because we're constantly um, watching the threat landscape to see what the bad guys are doing and infusing those patterns into that training in real time. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, we want the end user to have a positive approach to cyber cybersecurity so that then they can understand that they are a part of the solution and it's important for them uh, to keep these uh, these thoughts and these patterns that we're building into their training um, top of mind because it, it literally is uh, something that's coming and changing every day, as you know. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, I like the fact that the psychological approach to it, it has to do with pattern recognition because you're almost rewiring neurons. Um, so you are literally changing the way that something is how they're approaching, how end users are approaching a certain thing. Um, mm -hmm. And when you do that over and over and over again, it becomes much easier to recognize and to react accordingly um, the more that it's in front of them. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think is absolutely useful and would make a tremendous difference because Something that we've done from the very beginning for our clients is train them in the sense of um, if it looks strange, if it if you have any sort of question about it, let us know, ask us, you know, to have that um, second opinion readily available for them. And it has made such a difference because now they're questioning 
um, almost everything. So it kind of it, it kind of sucks on that aspect because we don't want them to be questioning everything. But ultimately speaking, that's better than nothing. And when you add something like this to it, it's instead of relying on somebody else to tell them, yes, that's that's good or no, that's not, they're able to do that themselves, which ultimately saves time, um, you know, especially over amount of time. So accumulative time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what would be some of the repercussions of not having this kind of training nowadays? Yeah. I mean, kind of what I was, uh, you know, touching on earlier is you can have all the best security tools and it tools and it's similar to what you're just saying. And if, if, an, if a user doesn't understand what to, what to look for, that, all that can be circumvented, right? So the repercussions are pretty huge. Um, you know, we're talking about breaches, data loss, reputation loss. You know, I think you said that earlier. Brand loss, money loss. Um, and expenses are just some things to consider if you're not providing any type of training, right? And I think... Um, the, the facts are out there after 12 months of cybersecurity training, employees are 70% less likely to fall prey to an attack or phishing, uh, phishing attack. And so the re, re, the repercussions are huge, but with some simple training and the right partners and the right team, man, you can really avoid a lot of those repercussions just through simple training. Yeah, in in the last episode, we also learned, um, in case uh, listeners out there don't remember, um, I'm reminding y'all that your cybersecurity insurance, the liability insurance now also either uh, requires it and or it will affect your your premium. So that's something that definitely helpful to think about when it comes to whether you're going to be adding this or not. Um, so how I'm going to ask you, this is the the tricky question, I think, for um, this conversation for you, <laughs> putting you in the hot seat. Um, what how should business owners evaluate the kind of training uh, that they get for their business? And I know your channel only, meaning you work with partners first, so uh, business owners can't come to you directly. Um, but there are other trainings out there that they can, and or uh, there's partners out there that offer different types. So, what, how should uh, business owners approach that evaluation, and or ask their partners? when it comes to training? Great question. And really, you know, I think what it, what it comes down to too is what does the customer need? What industry are they regulated by? You know, what compliance guidelines do they, uh, do they need to have in place to protect them? You know, for instance, you know, if your customers accept electronic payments, you know, they need to follow the PCI guidelines. Um, if you're a healthcare provider, you have to align to the HIPAA laws, right? Um, so I think it's uh, first and foremost important to ensure that you are providing your customer with the, uh, you know, the right guidelines, compliance or regulated to ensure, you know, that they are uh, meeting those requirements from a training standpoint. Um, I think it's also important from a cultural standpoint because um, there's a lot of different options out there. Right. And I feel like 
Um, all the options are great. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk bad about any of the competition out there because we're all serving, you know, a, a purpose here and we're all um, really fighting for good. And, and we want to help, help end users understand what they need to be looking out for and how do we help them with compliance. So I think one of the, those are some of the key things I think would need to be thought about as an owner. All right, what do I need to align with um, first and foremost? And then secondly, you know, how is this going to fit into your culture, right? So everyone's going to the cloud now. Um, a lot of these companies have never even heard of phishing simulations and don't have never had a phishing simulation come to them. So it would be a rather uh, new service, right? But we're talking about training here. Um, with kind of out of the box uh, training. So you have uh, actually the, you sign up and the vendor actually manages it for you, right? Um, so I think there's a lot of different options out there for business owners to consider. Um, just sign up and get security awareness training. It's the tip of the iceberg is what you need to do and uh, keep your employees aware. So that's my kind of shameless plug for, for all the business owners out there to, uh, to consider security awareness training. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, you handled it the hot seat very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, one thing that I always say about uh, competition is there is there is no competition. There's there's a place for everybody, and everybody's trying to uh, you know make a difference in some shape, matter, or form. So it's all about who do you get along with and who is the best fit. Um, so that's you definitely passed that test. <laughs> Good. Um, so what are some mistakes to avoid when it comes to you've selected your training, you're about to get started? Uh, what are some, some mistakes that business owners should avoid? Yeah. I mean, look, training people is hard, right, Nancy? Yeah. I mean, implementing <laughs> a cyber program, it, I mean, it can be a daunting task, right? And, you know, most of us are, you know, have an IT or, or a business acumen type people and, you know, we're not really teachers. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, again, I'm, I think it's important to have flexibility when you're thinking through that. But, you know, what you should expect, um, and, and I don't know if the, if you, the question you're asking me is mistakes that end users should avoid or uh, more so the, the, uh, the business owner should avoid uh, mistakes they should avoid when looking when for When implementing. A, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, just based off of my own experience, um, with trying to help our clients implement it, there's definitely some pushback from employees. There's the time aspect that has to be uh, invested. Um, so there's there's a few things that I think could be managed a little better. And so it's one of those where it's like, how can we help business owners have the right mentality when they're about to start this within their company? Yeah, I think it's a top-down approach. First and foremost, I think everyone in the organization um, needs to 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 say, "Hey, you know what? I'm I might be the CEO or I might be the janitor, but we all serve, you know, as part of this business in protecting it." So I think that is it is important to count, to have a top-down approach, so that it's literally a cultural thing, right? And it it is something that um, hopefully the leadership is taking serious enough to say, "Hey, look." 
we've either had a breach or we know someone that's had a breach and we have to take these things seriously. So really, uh, I think upfront, Nancy, it's buy-in, right? And then, um, and then just your willingness to, to kind of learn and grow um, to help the company, right? Because, you know, when you sign up and you go to, to school, you know, there's most likely a chance that there's going to be a fire drill, right? Because you need to, you need to go learn, okay, if there's a fire, where are we going? How are we going to do this, right? Same thing with cybersecurity. If there's a breach, if there's an incident, if you click on something you shouldn't have, you get an email that looks really weird. You need to understand what to do, right? And so having a program, having an official training program will help, um, you know, um, an end users understand, but then also the company as a whole is protected. Yeah, good point. I think you know the the sad part about our reality nowadays is that um, more training is necessary, uh, and the way that we are trained is needs to change. You know, just like the, and this is I, I guess where I said the, the sad reality. You know, kids nowadays are being trained for um, shootings in schools. Whereas when I was a kid, that that wasn't a thing. You know, we had training for uh, disasters like tornadoes or um, back in California, earthquakes and things like that. But now these kids are going through uh, shooting exercises and, and training so that they know what to do if something like that were to occur. There's more security measures being placed in schools, um, access and, and things like that. And the sad reality is that what, at least I think, what we're facing when it comes to the cyber aspect of it is no different. We have to put those same security measures in place and our teams have to know what to do, what to expect and how to react in situations where the business may be in danger. You're exactly right, Nancy, and I, I want to piggyback and say, you know, I think from a leadership standpoint as business owners, it's our duty, you know, to ensure that the employees that we're bringing in to do to do the good work that we want them to do, it's also our duty to ensure that they are aware of what's going on in the landscape. And, and literally, I think even at home as well, I mean, because, right, with everyone going remote, you know, in the times that we're in, um, I mean, the risk is now home, right? So, I mean, even as a leader, as a business owner, you have to think about your employees now working from home on a vulnerable network or a router that could easily be, you know, hacked into or, you know, they really haven't changed their password in, you know, six months. I mean, things things like that um, are super, super important. So you make a really good point there. Yeah, and the work from home aspect is a whole other thing because then you have, you know, kids that are sharing a computer or um, if you're, especially if you're working on that same computer, it's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Keep exactly. work and home separate. <laughs> you know, even from, you know, having kids, you know, I think it's important that that even trickles down um, to home life, right? You, you know, our kids are online today with Ninja, Nintendo Switches, YouTube Kids, and, you know, I think as parents, as leaders of our households, we have to pass that knowledge down to our children um, and to the younger generation so that that they understand the vulnerabilities as well. Yep, absolutely. And uh, what so my mother in law is a, a teacher and shout out to my mother in law. I always do a, try to do a shout out every episode, um, but she is. 
um, an educator and they have them doing training as well as part of their school district. Uh, so that's something that to me was like, if, if as a community amongst teachers, parents, um, you know, business owners and employees and so on and so forth, we can come together and not just protect our communities, but our children from the vulnerabilities that are, you know, what's out there or whatever, then we're doing, a, we're doing a service for everyone as a whole. So that's something that to me is something that's quite important. Very important. No, that's awesome. Um, so should training be required and enforced or should it be optional? Yeah, and I, you know, we're even seeing, you know, um, training becoming required and enforced, right? With um, the CMMC thing, uh, you know, all the things that are coming out, but absolutely yes. You know, just like I was saying, just like you're required to do a fire drill if you're in school or in an office building, the same goes for cybersecurity training. And it definitely should be enforced, but also, you know, I think it needs to be continuous and reflect what is going on in the current threat landscape because just because of the way cybersecurity and the bad guys and the way they evolve and technology evolves. Um, so yes, I, absolutely, Nancy, I think it should definitely be required and enforced. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with you on that. Um, and it's something that I think, you know, not everybody is used to, especially because training is somewhat new to a lot of people. And so then do you go from not having it to immediately enforcing it. And I like to tell people, you know, HIPAA has been around for a very long time and it wasn't actually enforced until recent years. But now that it is being enforced, it's something that you now have to get used to in a much faster way as opposed to having gotten used to it, gradually being able to in integrate it into your culture and become used to having it in your daily activities or you know monthly activities or however it plays out. But that's much easier than having to kind of do it all at once or that kind of thing. Absolutely. Now you're, you make a really good point. And yeah, I just, you know, it's one of those things that um, it's not technically um, something that's all, always enforced here now today, but absolutely training has to be in place. And I think a lot of, uh, if a lot of companies can kind of look at it as, hey, this is something fun, but also effective that we're going to bring into our organization and to our culture to make us all better and to make us all safer, uh, reduce some risk around here, um, and just just provide a you know a cyber aware culture. Yeah, I just read the other day that um, there's a, a cyber war that is happening and that most of us aren't aware of, and I was when I saw that headline and I didn't read the article, I am absolutely terrible about reading headlines, but not reading the articles. Anyway, that's a little something about me. Um, <laughs> but the, what it made me think of was the movies, um, 
like the 80s movies where it talked about how World War Three will be like a cyber war and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's it's kind of true in the sense that we're at war with the cyber criminals and ultimately speaking, what we have to lose is our data and our reputation and so on and so forth. Um, so this is similar to that and every business owner should think about it in that way. You know, you have to protect your, your home, your house, your, where your employees are coming to, you know, uh, do work for you and you know, keeping them safe. They are the first line of defense, like I've heard uh, be said many, many times. That's right. Yep. Exactly. Um, so before I let you go, um, what are some tips to get started or to maximizing a training like this? So I think some good ways to start is, you know, phishing testing is a great way to understand um, where you might have some vulnerabilities in your organization. And as simple as a, you know, a baseline simulation um, to where you send, uh, you know, you obviously you're working with a provider here, an MSP or a vendor of some sort um, to help you select this. But that is a great way to start because what it can do is it can allow you as an organization, as a leadership team to say, oh my gosh, you know, out of our 230 employees, 45% of them clicked on this link that they shouldn't have. Right. And so now we've identified that, wow, our people are actually not as aware as we think they are. And so phishing testing is a great start um to really understanding okay where does my organization sit today but then also um having that done in a continuous manner so having phishing testing at least you know we believe here at hook once a month uh you need to have uh, a phishing test every month some people do it you know uh every quarter but it just depends but i think that is a great way to get going you know is 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 through phishing testing um providing some annual training modules as well as a great way to start to really kind of provide your team with an overview of what they need to be thinking about. Um, so there's just so many ways to get started, but I would say phishing testing is a great entry um, into any really cybersecurity service you're looking at. It's a great way to start. So um, that would be my advice uh, to anyone kind of looking to get started or how they could uh, kind of maximize this type of service in the beginning. Cool. I um, definitely agree with that. So that's, that's a great tip. And, you know, it's one of those where you won't know uh, where you're at unless you figure that out. Um, so exactly. if you don't know what you're working towards, then you're just going to go at it blind. And last question, and I'm going to put you in the hot seat again. Um, who should be accountable for um, their team not going through with the training or uh, any mishaps that happen? Oh, wow. That's a really tough question. <laughs> um, I would, you know, I think it's, again, one of the things that I mentioned was this top-down approach. You know, I think 
Um, the leadership has to take accountability for the threats that are coming at them. Um, and I think proactive companies that look to cybersecurity training and endpoint protection and, you know, firewalls, um, if you can put all the tools in place and put the proper training in place to protect your and keep your employees uh, aware, you can, you can mitigate some of these mishaps. Um, but at the end of the day, um, Nancy, you might have to take this one out because I really, this is a really hard one. Um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think I even know the answer to this question, <laughs> but, um, you know, no, I'm, I'm going um, to tell you, no, I'm not taking this out. Um, I think that was the perfect answer because ultimately speaking, it is the business owners, the decision makers who are ultimately accountable for accountable. the, you know, what their team um, does or doesn't do because at the end of the day, they have to provide the training uh, they have to provide the resources and tools for their employees. And if anything, it's a benefit all around. How can, um, if any listeners want to get a hold of you, ask you some questions, uh, pick your brain, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Nancy. Um, well, you can you can reach me at my email address, brad at hooksecurity.co. That's dot co. Um, also I love connecting on LinkedIn. So please look me up, uh, on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you and swap stories. Um, you can also find us at www.hooksecurity.co. Um, please come check out our website. So that's how anyone can find me. I'd love to chat with you. <laughs> cool. So I will also include that in the description of the podcast episode so that in case you've missed it, if you're driving and listening and you can't write that down, it'll be available for you. Um, any last words? Well, Nancy, I just want to thank you so much for bringing me on. I love what you're doing. And um, this podcast is, I, I love following it and, and see it get birthed. And I'm just so honored to be here. And I think this topic that we discussed today is super important, right? And especially in, in today's day. Um, so thank you so much for bringing me on and keeping your audience aware of cybersecurity training. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for spending this time with me and my guest. I hope you were able to get some juicy, helpful tips or some nuggets that got you thinking. If you want to connect in between episodes, visit my website, nancysabino.com. Follow me at Nancy Sabino S-E-T on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Nancy Sabino on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. See you next time.